Well, the first thing I would say about self-compassion is that it's a practice, okay? You're not going to get fantastic at it right away. All of us have demands and overwhelms and responsibilities that come into our life. And the last thing any of us need, especially as a special needs parent, is one more thing that you have to do, one more thing that you have to be like, oh, I didn't do a great job at that. So if you can find a minute for a day or three minutes for a day or whatever it is, and just allow yourself to have flexibility and fluidity with your practice, that's great. All of it is going to be helpful. Self-compassion basically is that you turn toward, again, you're not trying to fix everything because we can't fix it. It's how you react and how you manage the situation you're in. And there's three pillars to self-compassion. The first is self-kindness, right? So you treat yourself the way you would treat someone who is so precious to yourself. Welcome to the Daily Naked Pair Podcast, brought to you by Rocco Blue the first ever brand focused on supporting parents with special needs children. Naked Parent Nation is a group of parents with special needs children who are willing to get vulnerable, strip it all down, and take a look at ourselves, our parenting, our family, and our plans to create a life beyond our wildest dreams. On today's show, we'll be discussing self-compassion, what it is, how we do it, and the reason it's so important. Hello, Naked Parent Nation, and welcome to today's episode of the Naked Parent Podcast. My name's Chad Ratliff, and I'm your host. And before I introduce you to our awesome guest today, let me start by sharing a message from Naked Parent Nation. First off, Naked Parenting is the process of moving from where you are today to liberation. Naked Parenting understands that the mind is responsible for all your problems. On your journey, you will eliminate suffering so you can be present and joy-filled in order to give your kids, our kids, the best version of ourselves. Naked Parent Nation is a worldwide community of parents and professionals raising children with all kinds of needs. We come together to share our naked truth, support our fellow parents, and inspire the inner growth that each of us needs to build the life and family of our dreams. For the parents that are struggling, we want you to know that we will love you until you can love yourself. For your children, we pray and send power from our collective group. As we come to understand our divine nature, we realize that there's no need to feel sorry for ourselves, be angry, or feel lack. We come to understand that our feelings of limitation and separation are only in our minds. Through self-realization, we expand our consciousness so that the challenges that perplex us today dissipate one by one until we're able to see and experience gratitude and beauty in everything just as it is. We have the power to create any kind of life we want for ourselves and our families. We do this by living in the naked present moment, one day at a time. This is the process of Naked Parenting. Whether it's your first step on the path or your 10th, I'd like to welcome you to Naked Parent Nation and the Naked Parent Podcast. So let's do a little meditation before we get to our conversation. It's that time where nobody can take it away from you. It's that time where we go inside to find happiness, wholeness, and health rather than outside to get things to stack up in the right way so that we can be happy. So if you wanna get comfortable, if that happens to be sitting up straight with your spine erect, let your eyes close softly, take in the feelings in your body, the sounds in the room, 
and know that the Buddha taught that a part of arriving and settling, entering into any meditation is gladdening the mind. So I'd like to invite you to begin by taking a moment to reflect on whatever you feel most grateful for. Reflect on what you love. Sensing what it is like to have the experience of appreciation really spread through your entire body, your mind, and your being. You can deepen that as we've practiced together in the past by giving a smile, an inner smile, or an outer smile. You might imagine in the sky, the clouds forming in the shape of a smile. You might see in the sand, the smile, letting the smile spread through your eyes, lifting the corners of your mouth up slightly, sense a natural softening, awakening, letting your eyebrows relax, letting the jaw be unhinged and just smile. Just remember that we can get conscious of our breath as we inhale and exhale and think of smiling, our hands soft, our bodies still. Feel the openness in your chest, the softening down through your body, relaxing, loosening through your abdomen area. And again, you might visualize an image of a smile. Gently receiving the breath deep in your torso, through your belly as it rises and falls. Scanning down to your pelvic region. Just keep thinking of that smile. Remember how when we played, we were smiling. Those happy moments we were smiling. When our kids hit milestones, we can smile. And as you feel your body and you come back to your breathing and you come back into the room, it's too important for us to get to our conversation. So I'm going to abruptly, with a smile, introduce all of you in Naked Parent Nation to Colette, who is a mom of two boys. She has an awesome podcast called Compassion Confetti for Autism Moms, although dads can benefit from it as well. Colette, welcome to the show. Thank you for being with us. 
Thank you. I'm so glad to be here. I'm thrilled. Thanks for the invite. Were you a parent before you were a professional in the special needs space? Is that fair to say? Actually, it's interesting you say that. I have a background in teaching. And my first job coming out of college, I had no training at all for special needs at in any way, shape, or form. Um, and the school where I did my student teaching was like, oh, Colette, we're going to give you our emotionally handicapped classroom. And, you know, you're young and have all the energy in the world. So I actually fell into it. I cried every day for four months, learned a lot, and um, ended up having a really beautiful special child in that classroom that had autism. And back in the day, I mean, that was a long time ago. You know, I'm not even sure I even knew what the word autism was, but I find it fascinating because she had such an impact on me and she was such a special soul. And I think that she was definitely a precursor for the soul that was going to come into my life with autism. And I would have the privilege to learn and love from. So. Wow. It's amazing how it's all connected. So when did your parenting journey begin? So my son's 20 years old and we probably knew that there was something going on very, very, very early. And he was diagnosed at two and a half for autism. So I'd about, I would have to say that from the time he came out of the womb, I thought there was an issue. (laughs) I wasn't fully engaged as a special needs parent until he was about two and a half. Was your world rocked becoming a parent as most of us? As just a typical parent, like having no idea what to do? A hundred percent. Like, what is it? You have a baby and then these people send you home and they're like, here, be responsible for this human being. And what I find fascinating, and it's something we could discuss at, at length, is nowadays they don't allow us to have any type of intuition, right? Like, we go off into the world with these kids and they're like, you need to do it like this and this, and you can't do this and you have to do this. And our intuition is stripped from us. And then you get a special needs child and the the stakes get higher and the boundaries and the responsibilities and all the different things like compound and escalate and become even more. So yeah, I was overwhelmed at being a regular parent and then you throw the other stuff on top of it. Yeah. And you're really awesome energy and it's super positive. Was that the case when you got diagnosis at two and a half? No, I like to say that when my diagnosis came, I handled it with about zero grace. I was one of the ones in, that went into total tailspin. You know, I hit the darkness. And one of the reasons why self compassion has been so profound in my journey is because I was that parent that thought I did everything wrong. I caused it. I needed to fix it. I never did enough every day. I was feeling him constantly, never ending. And I would go to bed just lacerating myself for what a failure I was, whether it be, you know, the genetics I gave him, the amount of time I engaged with him that day. I mean, like it just never ended. I was the most brutal human being to myself ever. It did not serve any of us. Isn't that amazing? Like the person we listen to most, that voice in our head is the one that if we met somebody that talked to us like that, we would never talk to him again. Yet that's where we go to for advice. I mean, it's amazing. Yeah, it's our guide, right? It's our daily, it's in our ear all day long. And it's affecting our emotions. It's affecting our nervous system. It's affecting our actions and our feelings. And, you know, to be tuned into what that voice sounds like is imperative, I think, in this journey. Yeah. So obviously, you didn't give up. Obviously, you didn't throw in the towel, even though you were struggling. Can you tell us kind of a little bit about your journey through the darkness as a new parent and how you've kind of 
transform through the years? Yeah, absolutely. So I think what ends up happening, and you know, I wish all of the listeners out here in the Naked Parent Nation, I love that. You know, I hope that whoever's out there finds their peace sooner and finds their ability to forgive and give space for being imperfect. One of the things that I really try to tell the people that listen to my particular podcast is that we're allowed to be messy, we're allowed to be imperfect, and we it is totally okay for us to be good enough parents. Like we can just be good enough parents. Some days we're going to have a lot of resources to be amazing and some days that if you lay on the couch and everyone goes to bed breathing knowing they're loved that that is perfectly acceptable. Like I said, I hope that your nation finds it sooner than I did. I would say it took me a solid 12 years and I had 12 years of surviving and not thriving. One of the things I didn't understand was I was in such fight or flight. I know we talk about this a lot. And our kids are very often in fight or flight. For so long, I didn't realize I had like low-grade depression and anxiety for a long time. And I just went and went and went. And I was the parent that did everything, right? We tried every treatment, every thing. I mean, I can't even go into everything. If if you've heard of it, we tried it. And eventually I hit a wall and I completely and utterly broke. Um, I became clinically depressed. I had to get on medicine, which was kind of shamed in my community. Like they're like, oh, you can't take medicine. You know, if you just change your diet, if you do more exercise, if you sleep more, well, sometimes you really need that medicine to help get an equilibrium to be able to pull yourself out. So that was my experience. It's not going to be for everyone. But eventually I just really realized that I couldn't go on. Like I didn't have support. I was a single mom at this point in time in my spouse and I, we didn't do great supporting each other. And I'm like, I can't, I'm done. I'm empty. I'm done. And so I found self-compassion and self-compassion gave me the space and the grace to start softening toward that pain, right? Like the big thing about being a special needs parent is we're always going to have hard. Anyone in life is going to have hard. We're always going to have hard. But with self-compassion, you start actively turning toward that heart, but you turn toward it with warmth and you turn toward it with kindness. You don't try to fix it. You don't try to make it go away. It's how you treat it and how you treat yourself in that space. So that's really how I found self-compassion and that's how it changed. But it was it's a journey. It took me a really long time. And I wish people were able to do it a little bit faster than I did. So, yeah. And then there's forgiveness, there's acceptance, right? It's yeah. really important to get to the place where you can be like, I accept where I'm at. I accept where my child's at. I accept where our life's at. And then lots of forgiveness. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's one of my messages too, because I went into addiction. I had the nasty divorce. I'm still in court four and a half years later. I mean, the, oh, gosh. the, the damage that's created because of the darkness that a person can face can just go on for the rest of your life if you're not careful. Can you make self-compassion more than just a good buzzword? Like, what does it look like? How do we, how do we do it for ourselves? How do we set up self-compassion in our life? Well, the first thing I would say about self-compassion is that it's a practice, okay? You're not going to get fantastic at it right away. All of us have demands and overwhelms and responsibilities that come into our life. And the last thing any of us need, especially as a special needs parent, is one more thing that you have to do, one more thing that you have to be like, oh, I didn't do a great job at that. Mm -hmm. So if you can find a minute for a day or three minutes for a day or whatever it is and just allow yourself to have flexibility and fluidity with your practice, that's great. All of it is going to be helpful. Self-compassion basically is that you turn toward, again, you're not trying to fix everything because we can't, we can't fix it. It's how you react and how you manage 
the situation you're in. And there's three pillars to self-compassion. The first is self-kindness, right? So you treat yourself the way you would treat someone who is so precious to yourself. Like if somebody that you cared about immensely rang your doorbell and they were standing on your doorbell crying their eyes out, would you slam the door in their face and tell them they're stupid and they're dumb and you hate them and you did everything wrong and you slam the door in their face? No, you would never do that. You would take their hands, you'd walk them over to the couch, you'd sit them down, you'd wrap a blanket around them, you'd get them something soothing, you'd hold their hand and you would, with such care and attention, listen to their woes and listen to their hurt and witness their hurt and pain, right? Yeah. That's what we all want. Yeah. We want to be seen in our hurt validated. So it's self-kindness and that self-kindness that comes into how you talk to yourself, how you treat yourself, allowing yourself to rest. I mean, I could like make you have me back on and talk for 45 years about how important it is for us to rest um, and how it affects our nervous systems. I'm super into the nervous system right now. And then the second pillar of self-compassion, and I see that you're very into it, is mindfulness. Now, mindfulness and being able to stay in the moment is really important, especially, well, for anybody, because what happens is we're talking about suffering with self-compassion a lot of times, right? When you think about what you did in the past, you're basically like drowning up all the, like, the, you're, you're mucking up, you're stirring up all the muck and all of the, you know, the negativity is coming up and you're having anxiety about it. If you're thinking about the future, you're doing the exact same thing. You're like worrying about something you have no control over. You have no idea what's going to happen. You're literally expending energy on something that you don't know about and you're suffering. You're thinking worst case scenario, you're suffering. So when you have mindfulness and you come to it and you're like, I'm here right now. Like, I'm here, I'm breathing, I'm surviving. Like, no matter how bad it is, like, your special needs child is, like, slinging feces while they're bleeding from self-injury. Like, you're in the worst moment in the whole wide world. But if you can just ground yourself and say, no, I'm okay right here. Like, this is hard. This is hard. And you acknowledge that it's hard right there. But you just stay in the moment. You ground yourself. And you just try to self-regulate as best you can. And that really helps eliminate suffering. And then the third pillar, and this is really important with special needs families, is common humanity, right? So we all experience, everyone in, in the world is messy. Every single human being is a mess. You're allowed to be a mess. Everyone give yourself space and grace to be a mess. Nobody expects you to be perfect. Perfectionism is just setting yourself up for suffering again, right? But so many of us feel so alone in our struggles. Like, you know, we're isolated. We can't get out. Our child has limitations. People understanding us have limitations. You know, people judge us. We go out in public and, and we're judged or not seen or all these different things. But when you come into common humanity, you open up that there is a naked nation and, you know, there's a pot of autism moms and you're no longer alone. And that common humanity is so reassuring and creates a sense of safety because you're like, I'm not by myself. I'm not by myself. I'm not alone. Even if I'm sitting here alone, I'm not alone. There's another mother or father who is out there experiencing this hurt, experiencing this hard. I'm not the first person to experience this hurt and experience this hard. Right. And so, and that's why connecting is so important, finding podcasts like this and finding people who understand and who can see and validate. Like, I don't know about you, but like, if I see somebody who has a similar child to mine, I'm like, I literally like a custom in public. I like, I'll walk up and like hug them and be like, here's my card. Call me. Let's be best friends. Let's do a play date. Like I need people around me. I need to love and be supported. And I want to love and support. So awesome. Awesome. So when did the inspiration for compassion confetti pop in? How's that journey been? And well, what's going on? That's there. really interesting that you ask about that because I've been wanting to do a podcast for about seven years. And 
fear will often make somebody have limitations. And I kept wanting to do it. I kept wanting to do it. But technology scares the bejesus out of me. Being vulnerable and honest and jabbering at people about what I want to talk about, not a problem. Technology and having to launch it out, total and utter problem. And so there was this life coach and she was like, listen, if you have a goal and there's something that you really want to do and there's a barrier in the way, you have to problem solve the barrier. So I was like, all right, I'm just going to hire somebody to do all the technology. Like I like, I mean, I would rather lay down in traffic then figure out how to like upload a podcast and like get it on. But I have to learn because frankly, I can't afford it very much anymore. We're gonna have to work through this one. But so yeah, I was like, I just need to take away the fear. So I have never been more proud of myself because this has been such a goal. It is so important for me to connect to autism caregivers and really help them to understand that they don't have to be perfect and they can be good enough parents and our lives are gonna be hard. That's just what it is. So let me give you some tools to help you self-regulate and help you manage so you can thrive and have a beautiful life. And yeah, you're going to have totally, am I allowed to swear? Totally shitty days, Yeah. but you're going to find the joy in all of it. Even if it's a sliver of joy, you'll see the joy. You'll And because of mindfulness, you'll be able to celebrate it and build on it. Yeah. So, but yeah, I love my podcast. I hate technology. End of story. So <laughs> The journey is the journey outside. And by the way, we maybe we should talk about virtual assistance and a little a little channel I have into it might be able to help you out. Okay. So let's talk about that another time. But how's the experience of just doing the podcast been? The guests that you're having, what's that been like? Well, it goes back to one of the best things I think that has been about it that is you know, I've had these moms on. I did have the autism. I did have one autism dad on. Um, I had moms on, but being able to laugh, like we're sharing our experiences and like being able to laugh. In fact, it was funny because one of the stories that we were talking about was it was actually a private conversation, but just being able to laugh with somebody like we were saying that our kids were playing basketball and they're so bad and we laugh so hard. I'm like, but if anybody else laughs at our special needs kids playing right. basketball, we are going to cut somebody, like forget it. Getting on with these women who have had the same struggles and this gentleman that have had the same struggles. And, you know, again, that common humanity, we're linked together, but being able to laugh about it and have levity about it. And again, somebody who understands and sees you and validates you and knows you, it's just been such an utter blessing. And, you know, is in a personal sense, we all need something. Every person, whether it be a caregiver or special needs or not, we all need something in our life that gives us passion and makes us excited. And I love to connect with people. I love to talk with people. People are annoyed. I'm always calling them on their phone. They're like, will you just text me? And I'm like, no. I'm like, you're totally squelching my personality by making me text. You can't get all this razzle-dazzle through text. You don't get it when you talk to me. So it is such a good creative outlet for me. And you know, we all deserve a creative outlet. And I, you know, it just makes my heart soar and sing and I love it and I deserve it. And all parents who are out there, I hope can find something similar, whether it's like, you know, I don't know, growing sprouts or graffiti on trains in their town. I don't care what it is, but something. Yeah. All right. Well, Naked Parent Nation, it's a compassion confetti. You got to check it out. It'll be a link in the show notes. So if you forget the name, just go to the show notes and click on it. So what season of parenting are you in today? What's family life look like today for you? I am really profoundly grateful for where I'm at with my parenting at this point in time, because I've gotten to a point where I deeply accept my son and where he's at, and I respect him 
and I honor him and I honor his own timeline. I honor his own abilities. I'm grateful that I still do my best to try to challenge him, but I also don't do anything that is beyond my capabilities. I don't, you know, try to push myself past what I'm capable of doing. Self-compassion practice has made me so much more able to forgive myself for the past. I mean, like one of the mistakes I worry about the most is with an autism diagnosis, we all go into this fix it, fix it, fix it. And I realized that I conveyed to my son that something was wrong with them and something was scary, right? I mean, that's like a huge, we're supposed to love and accept our kids like no matter what. And so I always joke that I have to put love putty on everything. You just put the love putty on and hopefully it'll like heal everything up. I no longer go to bed with just raw, intense, hot regret and self-recrimination. I go to bed every night now so grateful that I get to love this amazing human being. I literally tell him every day, I'm so glad God gave you to me. I'm so glad that I get to love you. It is a privilege to be your mom. Mm -hmm. And it took a long time to get there. And again, I pray for the Naked Parent Nation that all of your people out there, it comes quicker. It comes because, you know, had I known that there was no reason for me to suffer for how long I did, there was no reason. You know, I just had to kind of put some tool. I had to be more gentle with myself and put some tools into place to be able to regulate and manage how challenging my life was. So, but that's where I'm at. I have a beautiful son who he is a golden soul. Yeah. It's funny because sometimes when I'm thinking about content or I'm talking with the virtual assistants about, you know, messages that we want to get out there, you know, it's, will say, hey, the message needs to say in a soft enough way that it doesn't upset people, that the only thing that needs to change is you. Like your kid doesn't need to start talking for your life to get better. You don't need, this doesn't need to get fixed for your life to be okay. Like the only thing that needs to get fixed is you. And then everything else in your life, exactly as it is, will be glorious and wonderful. But you can't always just say it to somebody like that because it sounds rude or something. I love self-compassion. I love that you're talking about it with us. We do like a lightning round where you give one word to one sentence answers to more questions so we can hear about your mind and your expertise. Are you up for it? Yeah. You're going to limit me to one word, Chet. I don't know. This is going to be a problem. Hold on. Rules are there ain't no rules. So (sighs) just do that. to your mind. What's the best advice you have received? Uh, Love yourself gently. What online course topic would you sign up for today if it was available? Oh, anything about soothing the nervous system and vagal toning and somatic experience. I love it. I'm into the Wim Hof stuff lately. Um, Oh, yeah. The breathing. Mm -hmm. Do you have a top resource or recommendation to share with other parents? Obviously, Compassion Confetti is at number one, but what's number two for uh, resource or recommendation? Um, any support group locally that you can become a part of. Awesome. What's the next thing on your list that you want to add for your individual well-being? Love. What's one thing you think would improve your life if you did it or had it? Oh, I don't know. That's a really tough one. What would improve my life? Love. <laughs> Do you have a favorite product that you use for yourself or your child that you just love and couldn't live without? Water. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> um, and then this one, you're you're welcome to think about it or you're welcome to just straight up not answer it. But is there something you believe to be true that most parents disagree with? 
Oh, disagree with? I don't know if it's disagree with, but can we say disconnected from? And that's our intuition. I just wish that the world gave us more space to trust our intuition and lead from love into intuition. It's just, it's just snuffed out of our lives. Awesome. Can we get into self-compassion techniques? Can we leave the listeners with something they can try? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. The easiest thing in the whole wide world is what is called gentle touch. And it's just when you are having any type of upset, if you're feeling overwhelmed, if you're feeling, you know, unloved, lonely, sad, disappointed, whatever it is, all you do is you can kind of experiment with it, like when you're not having the feelings, but you just want to find a way to touch yourself in a way that is supportive. So like, I often will put my hand over my heart and all of my anxiety is in like just underneath my ribs, like in my solar plexus and my stomach. So I'll place my hand on my heart and I'll place my hand on that space. And I just gently will start talking kindly to myself while I'm giving myself gentle touch. Some people like to hold their cheeks in their hand. Sometimes when I go to bed, I'll like stroke my for I'll stroke my eyebrow like my mom is sitting on my bed and stroking my eyebrow. It's any type of really and a lot, especially special needs parents, if you're isolated by yourself and you're not getting touched, we all need to be touched. So to have any way that you gently stroke your arms, like hug yourself, even just like sometimes I'll listen to music and I'll hug myself and I'll just rock. So it's any type of physical touch that, you know, is supportive and loving and warm. I love that. Colette, I could talk to you all day long, which means- Yeah, I think we're we're spirit animals. Which means we're going to have to do this again because this just isn't going to be enough for me. I'll brush my hair the next time, Chad. I think it looks awesome. I know. I am a natural beauty. Just for what we talked about or what's on your heart, for that parent that's listening, that's saying, that's great that you found happiness, that you're in a good place, but my depression is so thick, I don't see- any light. And I just don't think I'm going to be able to make it. What do you say to them? Well, the first thing I would say to them is I hear you, I see you. And I would, if it were up to me, I would come to you and I'd give you the biggest hug in the entire world. We'd hug for 20 seconds. So oxytocin was released and your depression would be abated to a certain extent. And anyone who is in that super dark place, you have to give yourself grace. Do what you can manage. Don't go into that. I should be doing more. I'm failing. I'm this or that. Like, just be super gentle with yourself and do what you can manage. Teeny, t- I always say that pebbles build a mountain. So, what's the littlest, teeniest thing you can do and start making those little pebbles come up and do the mountain? But I have been in clinical depression. I've been in depression and I don't, it's just, it's so hard. And I'm telling you, I. I'm so grateful that I can be an example to somebody because I truly have turned it around. I no longer survive. I completely thrive. And that's not to say that I don't have days where I'm like, seriously, I have, I'm over it. Like, I mean, I have my days. I have, you know, the clouds following me around plenty of times, but the tools that I have and the, the growth and the, the healing I've done is profound. I love and it. You know what? Well, One last thing. As yeah. parents and as humans, we are allowed to do that. We are separate from our children. We are as human beings, as an individual, as this is my soul. Our soul is allowed to do all that, to heal and have all these things. Because we're still us. That label of special needs parent, like that's always be there. But never forget that we are our own soul. And that own soul is precious and deserves to be cherished and cared for. Okay. Well, you made me tear up on that. So now I've been able to laugh with you. I've been able to cry with you. I've really enjoyed this moment naked parent nation it's called compassion confetti 
with Colette. And Colette, thanks again for being with us. I will find you online somewhere and make sure we stay connected. Okay. Sounds awesome. Thanks so much. I appreciate it. I loved our conversation. It was such a privilege. Ah, thank you. All right. Take care. Bye. This concludes our show for today. And I'd like to personally thank you for spending the time with us on a topic near and dear to our hearts. If you'd like to be part of the Naked Parent Nation and help us reach those parents that are struggling and overwhelmed, there's no better way to help than by subscribing, rating, and reviewing the show on iTunes. iTunes highlights the shows based on these metrics, and the more the show gets highlighted, the more opportunities people will have to be introduced to the show where they can hear that message of hope or that tip that can change everything. So follow the link in our show notes And we hope to have you back here tomorrow where we'll do it again. From the team here at the Naked Parent Podcast, we wish you the life you've always dreamed of and then some. So long.